0: It is good to be with you again tonight, and um, we do look forward to um, each evening being with you, and I I really prayed about trying to um, bring something to you that you don't normally uh, receive. Uh, We usually tell you how you're not going to be able (laughs) to enter the kingdom if you don't uh, shape up, but um, <laughs> <clears throat> at any rate, um, I, I, I hope the thoughts. Have, do I not have it on, John? Yeah, I think so. We're, we're checking. Technology has. Uh, Hopefully, it won't be too loud. I'll try. Okay. Is that better to you? <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> I do appreciate Alan asking us to come, and um, we're happy to uh, be with Tracy and uh, each one of you. I want you to turn with me in your Bibles, if you will, to Matthew's Gospel, and it's too loud. Yeah, it's too loud. I want you to turn with me to Matthew chapter 5 for a minute. In Matthew chapter 5, our Lord is um, giving to us some points in regards to the kingdom. And I just, I just want to read verse 6 to you, if you'll look there, and then we'll begin. And I want to, um, I want to kind of play around with you for a little while. And uh, then I want to puzzle you for the rest of the time so that when you leave, you'll know you've been somewhere. Uh, And I hope hope it will be meaningful to you. But in verse 6 of Matthew chapter 5, our Lord Jesus said, Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall... Be filled. Now, I want you to see that we're going to look at this in both a physical and a spiritual manner. And I don't know if you've ever taken time to uh, look through the Bible in regards to eating or food, but you might be surprised as to how much it's mentioned. And after all, we're all here because a woman and man did that. Do you understand that? Uh, And you know, it was the woman that was deceived, not the man. But women, just remember that God did a great job making women considering the material he had to work with. <clears throat> you got to equalize this. <laughs> uh, at any rate, think with me in, uh, in regards to the Bible. I want to uh, just go through a few uh, little points. And uh, when the Lord created men and women, or man and woman, he regulated their diet. He said they could eat herbs and they could eat fruit from the tree. But when they sinned, that changed. And then when the Lord sent the flood, he had some new regulations and he told Noah that he could eat differently and uh, the criteria for that was anything that moves, you need it. So if it's not dead and moving, uh, Noah could eat that. Then of course, he called his nation of Israel into existence And he regulated their food. And then he changed this food. And all through the wilderness, he gave them the manna. Now, I don't know if you've ever thought about this or not. But in regards to the manna, you know, you think this is heavenly food the Bible even says that it was angels food and it was miraculously provided and so forth but don't forget this it was difficult and if you want to know how difficult just go into one of the little Hebrew homes and listen to a child that would say mom What are we going to have for breakfast this morning? Well, son, we're going to have manna pancakes. Well, mom, what will we have for lunch? Uh, Well, son, we'll have manna spaghetti for lunch. Um, Well, mom, what will we have for dinner? Well, son, we'll have manna sandwiches for dinner. Well, mom, what will we, we have tomorrow? Son, I don't know. There's nothing else in the cupboard. So you see, this was a difficult situation. It was far more difficult, than, and this only went on for 40 years. So you can see that their diet was really important. And then, of course, uh, uh, the Lord came and uh, the Holy Spirit came and, and uh, the Lord told Peter uh, that he let down this great sheet and he said, Peter, I want you to kill and eat. And Peter, knowing better than the Lord, said, Lord, I've never done this no more. I'm not about to change now. But the Lord changes the diet often. And what I want to get to in a minute is um, I want you to see what the Lord's food for the future is going to be. It's, it's, it's really something unusual and, and something um, that the Bible speaks of often. And if you recall one of the only miracles that's recorded in all four Gospels is when the Lord fed the five thousand but with this in your mind remember that there is significance into the food that man will eat in a spiritual way And if you study in Matthew and in Mark, you'll see that the first time the Lord fed the multitudes, he had five loaves. But he did this again in Matthew and Mark, and this time he had seven loaves. What do you think that would mean? Well... If you've been to school, you'd know that 7 and 5 equal 12. And those were the number of loaves that were on the table of showbread in the tabernacle indicating that he's going to reunite in grace and perfection the nation of the children of Israel. And you know, I know that what I'm saying to some of you, you're not going to agree with, but that doesn't bother me at all because I know when we get to heaven, you'll see it then the way I do now. But um, at any rate, and that's an old saying of mine, but it is true, Uh, um, I want you to consider the food, how important it is when Jesus Arose from the grave, you would say, Will we need food? Yes, sir. Why? It has a spiritual significance to it. When Jesus arose, he ate honeycomb, fish, he even cooked on the seashore of Galilee. Do you know who the best cook in the Bible was? It was an angel. And this angel fed Elijah, fed him twice. And I bet you there's not a woman here that can do this. Elijah went 40 days and 40 nights. Of course, I have thought that was what my wife was doing sometime, but... um, He went 40 days and 40 nights with no food. Angels are great cooks. So with with that in your mind, I want you to, um, uh, to share with me or let me share with you some things in regards to food in the millennial kingdom of the Lord Jesus. Can you think of one thing that will be for food or drink in the kingdom? One thing that I want to begin with is wine. And if you'll turn over in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 26 for a minute, you'll see that this is according to a promise. In Matthew chapter 26... And you turn over to um, verse 28 and 29. Our Lord Jesus, before he went to the cross, said, This is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. But I say unto you that I will not drink henceforth of this fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it new with you, in my Father's kingdom. And in a minute, I'd like for you to um, look with me through some passages that tell us that wine will be significant. Now, you know, wine's a generic term in the Scripture. And the first thing, you know, don't come up to me afterward, but some of you will say, well was that wine fermented well it wasn't it it wasn't sold down at the local beer hall but don't worry all of us who are here you can drink all the wine you want to in the kingdom did you know that fermented or not it won't make you drunk. All of us that are here. Well, preacher, you don't know that. Yeah, I do. Because our bodies won't have any blood in them then. So you can enjoy the, Then, well, why will we drink that then? Why is that so significant? It has a spiritual significance. And I want want you to see that. And we all talk about the blessedness of the marriage supper of the Lamb. What are we going to eat? You know, you don't want to be invited to a hodgepodge supper. This will be an elaborate thing. What will we eat? Look with me in your Bibles to back to Matthew chapter 22 for a minute. Let me try to elaborate a little bit on this, and I'll get on with it in a minute. And I know you're anxious to hear Arlen and let a little amateur like me get out of the way. So... uh, But I'm just as good as he is, so don't <laughs> go. Ahead. Yeah, who said Amen? I'm gonna give that. Uh, <laughs> Jack Harris needs a raise, Roger, but two feet anyway. But uh, look with me in Matthew chapter 22. We talk about this and the wedding garment. And we talk about this as being uh, a part of the time when the marriage supper of the Lamb will occur. Well, what does he serve? And if you look in the first part of this parable, you'll see that the king has said in regards to this supper... My oxen and my fatlings are killed and all things are ready. Come to the marriage. Does that not mean we'll eat oxen, beef? Why? Why will we do that? And what is the significance of having oxen for, for a marriage supper? It's a symbol of victory, of reward, and of preciousness. Now, if you'll look with me, if you'll just hold your hand here for a moment, and if you'll look back with me to Ezekiel chapter 1. and If you'll look at the 10th verse in Ezekiel... Chapter 1. In verse 10 of Ezekiel, chapter 1, Ezekiel describes these living creatures and he says they have four faces. In verse 10, they have the face of a man the face of a lion, the face of an ox, and the face of an eagle. Now, do you see the third face is the face of an ox? Turn with me and hold your hand here to chapter 10 in in the book of Ezekiel. And this is just my opinion. You can uh, consider this for whatever it be worth. Look with me in verse 14 of Ezekiel 10. He describes these creatures again. And he says in verse 14, they had four faces. One was the face of a cherub the second, the face of a man, the third, the face of a lion, the fourth, the face of an eagle. Do you see the difference? He interchanges the cherub and the ox. Do you know why? Satan was the anointed cherub. And he and he has the face of an ox. And when we sit at the marriage supper of the Lamb, it will be because we have been victorious through the shed blood of the Lord Jesus Christ in his power to redeem us, to bring us as fit subjects to the marriage supper. And so, you can you can see you can see that the food has a spiritual significance to it. And um, in regards to the manna, this was an everyday chore, and they could only gather the manna. One day at a time. And on what we call Friday, they could gather enough for what we call Saturday or the day of rest. And the significance of that is also found in Matthew chapter 6. And I want you to see when Jesus gave us the model prayer, he's talking to us about something to eat. In Matthew chapter 6, Jesus said in verse 9, When you pray, pray our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now, Look at this 11th verse. And there's something here that I know it's almost sacrilegious to uh translate the uh, the model prayer that the Lord gave to us. But in this verse there's a word that's only used twice in all of the Bible. And What the King James says is give us this day our daily bread. The word daily is an unusual word. And sometimes scholars say to us that this really should read, give us this day our bread for tomorrow. which is what happened to the Israelites, give us this day for our bread for the future, coming rest or coming kingdom. And Jesus has promised to do that. Did you know that he said he would give to the overcomer manna? In any way, um, let me just try to, uh, to hurry along and, and, and give you time to, uh, to pause for a minute. Turn with me in, in, in your Bibles for a minute to the book of Ezekiel, chapter 34, if you are still there, okay? Chapter 34 in the book of Ezekiel. And this morning I said something about chapter thirty-nine, and it wasn't chapter thirty-nine; it's chapter thirty-seven. First mistake. Look with me in Ezekiel chapter thirty-four, for a second. Look down with me to uh, to verse twenty-five. The Lord's going to change the food of the animals. In the kingdom, Uh, there won't be the carnivorous animals. Uh, They'll uh, have a new diet. And in verse 34, the Lord says, or in verse 25, chapter 34, I'll make with them a covenant of peace and and cause the evil beasts to cease out of the land. They'll dwell safely in the wilderness and sleep in the woods. And I'll make them... And the places round about my hill a blessing, I'll cause the showers to come down in his season, and there shall be showers of blessings. The tree of the field shall yield her fruit, and the earth shall yield her increase, and they shall be safe in their land, and shall know that I am the Lord. When I have spoken, the bands of their yoke will be broken and Deliver them, I' will deliver them out of the hand of those that serve themselves of them, and they shall no more be a prey to the heathen, neither shall the beast of the field devour them, but they shall dwell safely, and none shall make them afraid and I will raise up for them a plan of renown, and they shall no more be no more consumed with hunger in the land, neither bear the shame of the heathen. No more famines, no more hunger. And this is an unusual thought. People say, like, who do you think or what do you think the plan of renown will be? I don't know. But I don't think it's Jesus. And the reason I don't think it's Jesus is because he's already been raised up. And he won't die anymore. But it's a precious plant whereby the Lord will feed His people. And I know other good men uh, think that it is the Lord Jesus, but uh, that's just just my thought. Now this is going to take this is going to take a minute, and I want you to. Um, I want you to just bear with me and let me try to, um, to uh, tell you uh, what the Lord's really laid on my heart. There's abundance of things in the Bible about the time when the millennial kingdom will, will occur. The Lord will feed and will be satisfied. And remember, there are three different kinds of people during the millennial reign. There are the resurrected ones, there are the saved mortals, and there are the unsaved mortals in the millennial reign of the Lord. And this that I'm talking to you about um, is in regards to this. Now I want you to look with me for a minute in the Revelation chapter 2 and I'm going to begin here and um, try to to say something to you that I hope will be a real blessing to you. Look in chapter 2 and verse 7. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith to the churches. To him that overcometh. And we're not going to try to explain. The overcomer is exactly what it says. One who has lived and loved the Lord Jesus, been diligent and trusted him. In, in every way, to him that overcometh will I give to eat of the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of God. What do you think that means? And I'm, gonna, I'm going to, I um, will know how well you receive this, whether you're here tomorrow night or not. So, uh, uh, but still, if you don't come, you'll be wrong. But anyway, um, I'll give to this special person, the overcomer, to eat of the tree of life. Now, we're going to go back to the Garden of Eden. And there, uh, there were two trees. And my opinion is that one of those trees was the fig tree. And the other was the vine tree. They are not so designated in the Scripture, but I think that what what I'm going to say to you may or may not be um, clear. But I want you to consider this: when man sinned, the Lord cast him out of the garden put the cherubim at the gate and he couldn't enter in lest he eat of the tree of life and live forever but the significance of the promise in regards to the manna in the further part of this second chapter of the revelation is the hidden manna went into the place of rest but the regular manna ceased and if you'll remember the hidden manna was placed in the ark of the covenant and there were two cherubim on either side indicating that the penalty had been paid because of the blood and it entered into the rest that God promised to his people But in regards to the tree of life what happened to it? The Lord moved it. Why would the Lord move the tree of life? Because he didn't want the tree of life to receive its nourishment from the ground that he had cursed. Well what about this, this vine tree and this tree of life? The vine tree was a, was, was a failure in the Garden of Eden because of man's sin. But God selected another vine, and that vine was one that he took out of Egypt. It was the nation of Israel. If you read in Isaiah 5, and for a minute, just look um, back with me to Psalms 80, and you'll have a little story here. If you'll... Look in Psalms 80 for a minute. You'll see in verse 8, Thou hast brought a vine out of Egypt. Thou hast cast out the heathen and planted it and prepared room before it. And did cause it to take deep root and it filled the land, but it failed. If you read Isaiah chapter five, you'll see that this was the choicest vine, and it was it was a vine tree. Now. Please listen. Just give me a chance to talk to you for a minute. Look back with me to the book of Ezekiel chapter 15. Ezekiel chapter 15. You can't hear me, can you? (laughs) Well, listen. Um, <laughs> Ezekiel chapter 15 It's amazing how Spurgeon preached over 5,000 in, in England without any uh, particular um, um, amplification and I can't speak to a hundred here with <laughs> but anyway Ezekiel chapter 15 Is that better? You still can't hear me? Anyway, look with me in Ezekiel chapter 15. I want you to look at verse 5. And in verse 1, 2, and 3, he's talking about the vine tree. In verse 5, He says, Behold, when it, the vine tree, was whole, it was meat for no work. Now, what I want you to see here is a word, and it's the word whole. And if you'll, um, if you'll. Leave your place here in Ezekiel 15 and turn back with me to the book of Exodus chapter 12. And this is, of course, the Passover. But in Exodus 12, verse 5, this was the stipulation concerning the Lamb. Your Lamb shall be without blemish. That's the same phrase in Ezekiel 15 with the word whole. In Exodus 12, it was without blemish. In Ezekiel 15, it's whole. It's the same word, same phrase. In Exodus 15, he's talking about the vine tree. In Exodus 12, he's talking about the lamb. with that in your mind if you'll go to the New Testament in, in your mind you'll see that there is a lamb in First Peter 1 19, knowing that you were not redeemed with silver or gold but a lamb without blemish Who was the Lamb? The Lamb was the one who said in John 15, I am the true vine. They're associated together the Lamb and the vine without blemish. Now, let me just add a little evidence to you for this. In the New Testament, there are ten places where the word tree is translated. In all of these places, Except in the Revelation, they are referring to the cross. Every, every same word. When you come to the book of the Revelation and you see the word tree of life. That's the same word as is translated tree in the other part of the New Testament. Same word. And this this is in a sense the reason that I'm telling you that the vine tree was the tree of life. And it was on this tree that the lamb was sacrificed for our sins as without a blemish no blemish whatsoever but did you know he's not that way now Jesus is not that way now the word blemish means an injury or a wound and Jesus is not without blemish now. I don't mean he has any sin. But if you read in Luke 24, he showed them his hands and his feet. And for further evidence, look in the Revelation 5. John says he is as a lamb slain. And he has wounds, not scars. And he was the vine and the lamb that was slain. Now, I want you to think about something. To the overcomer, I'm going to give you the privilege to eat of the tree of life. You mean, Royce, that the lamb has blemish? He has wounds. Did you know the only thing in heaven man-made were the wounds of the Lord Jesus? He was without blemish, but he's not that way anymore. Do you know what's going to happen? Read with me in your Bibles. In Ephesians chapter 5, for me. In Ephesians chapter 5. Therefore, in verse 25, he says, Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word. This is his bride. That he might present it. To himself a glorious church not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing but that it might be holy and without blemish he is blemished in order that he might present the overcomer as being without blemish. He bears the wounds of Calvary forever that you might be blessed to eat of the tree of life without blemish. Praise the Lord for the Lord Jesus. Ellen, thank you. Through. I'm not through, but I'm going to (laughs) quit.